today on In Spirit and Truth with Pastor J.D. Farag. I looked at every single one of those, and by the time I actually got through number seven, I'd already broken the first six. (laughs) God knows that. He's made a promise to us. He's made a covenant with us. We cannot break a promise we don't make. We cannot break a covenant we don't make. We do not have a covenant with God. God has a covenant with us. That's a game changer. That should change everything. And it does. You're listening to In Spirit and Truth with Pastor J.D. Farag of Calvary Chapel, Kaneohe. Pastor J.D. is currently teaching through the book of Isaiah. One of the reasons I don't make promises to my kids is because I know eventually I will break one of my promises. Try as I might, at some point I will be late picking them up or I will forget to get their favorite cereal at the store. As Pastor J.D. shares in today's message, it's the Lord who made a covenant with us. If we were the one making the promise to the Lord, we'd eventually break it. Now, be sure to stay with us after today's message to hear how you can get your own copy of today's broadcast. Subscribe to the In Spirit and Truth podcast or download the In Spirit and Truth iPhone or Android mobile app. But for now, here's Pastor J.D. in the book of Isaiah chapter 59 with today's edition of In Spirit and Truth. You know, they're in their 20s now and That explains a lot, their behavior. Now, I think they are traumatized by this, but (laughs) they got it, and they know it. Life isn't fair, and the world doesn't revolve around me. Consequences of sin. You know, the bitterness of the consequences of sin lingers on long after the sweetness of the temporal pleasure of sin. Oh, sin is pleasurable for a season, the Bible says. But in the end, it is bitter as wormwood. The bitterness of the consequences of sin lingers on so much longer, infinitely longer, than just that brief season of pleasure from that sin. Let's move on, verse 12. They're still responding, and it's actually going in the right direction here and gets better. For our transgressions are multiplied before you, and our sins testify against us. For our transgressions are with us. And as for our iniquities, we know them. In transgressing and lying against the Lord, and departing from our God, speaking oppression and revolt, conceiving and uttering from the heart words of falsehood, lies, false witness, not true. Justice is turned back, verse 14, and righteousness stands afar off, for truth is fallen in the street, and equity cannot enter. So truth fails, verse 15, and he who departs from evil makes himself a prey. Hang on to that for a moment. I want to come back to that. That's very interesting. He who departs from evil makes himself a prey. Then the Lord saw it. What did the Lord see? The Lord saw that they were departing and turning from their evil, and they were now a target and a prey. And what was the Lord's response? And the response is that it displeased him that there was no justice. Oh, wow, we have an interesting turn of events here, right? So what's happening here? They've acknowledged 
at the very least, initially, the consequences of their sin, very graphic description, and they've come to terms with it, and they've admitted it, they've acknowledged it, they've confessed it, and now they've gone from the consequences of their sin to now acknowledging their sin itself. That's what confessing sin means, by the way. It's to confess sin as sin. See, we don't want to we don't want to call it sin. We want to call it something else that doesn't sound as bad as sin. Because sin sounds bad, right? You know why sin sounds bad? Because it is. <laughs> I know, again, deeply profound. But so we don't want to call sin or admit or confess it as sin. So we've come up with very clever words to replace the word sin, like Issues. No, it's just an issue. I have some issues. Jesus came not for your issues. He came for your sins. He paid for your sins. It's not an issue. It's called, repeat after me, read my lips. <laughs> you can do it. Sin. Sin. And when you confess it as such, then now God can rush in because you've confessed it as sin, and He can forgive you and cleanse you of that sin. But as long as we keep it out of the arena of sin, it's hands off to God. I mean, when we call it everything but, and you know, it's probably one of the most familiar ways that we do this, just stay with me. Doesn't the word adultery sound horrible? Just because it is. <laughs> Let's not call it adultery. Let's call it an affair. Oh, that just sounds so much. Oh, it's just an affair. Oh, it just sounds so much better, an affair. Oh, that's a, I, yeah. I thought it was adultery. <laughs> call me silly. It's just an affair. No, it's adultery. Call it what it is. Sin. Confess it as such. Because when you do, now you place yourself on the right side of this thing. Because now justice has turned back. You're, you've turned from it and you've turned to and are on the righteous side of this now. Righteousness is returning. Justice is returning. And now you've just given God the, <laughs> I hate to use this word, but for lack of a better one, permission. Again, for lack of a better one. Because see, we tie the hands of God's forgiveness with the ropes of our unwillingness to confess sin as sin. And as soon as we confess sin as sin, then God rushes in to our defense. And now all of a sudden, because we've confessed it as sin and we've departed from evil, now we have aroused the ire of the enemy. We are now a prey. We have a target on our backs. Because think about it, the enemy now is watching us and he says, oh no, <laughs> They turned from evil. You guys get down there. We need to ramp up our efforts. We need to get him back where we had him, because we had him right where we wanted him. But he's repented, 
He's turned. He's acknowledged his sin. He's turned from his sin. And now the red light, red light, warning, urgent, urgent, target, target, pray, pray. I know you know what what I mean when I say this and what I'm talking about when I say it. But you know how it is that whenever you set your foot in the right direction to pursue righteousness, the enemy is all over you like white on rice. I mean, how about this one? And again, I know you're going to know what I mean when I say this. Just set your foot to pray. And watch what the enemy will do. <laughs> I mean, the phone starts ringing. That phone hasn't rung in, what, a week? Starts ringing. It's always a wrong number. Who do you think that was? The kids start fighting. The phone starts ringing. Social media starts blowing up. All hell breaks loose because all hell is literally breaking loose against you because you have departed from evil and you have set your foot to pursue righteousness. There's a proverb. This is a very loose paraphrase. It goes something like this. What you pursue pursues you. And it works both ways. You pursue evil. (laughs) Okay, evil going to pursue you. You pursue righteousness righteousness will pursue you. It's just one of those principles and truths in God's Word. Verse 16. So now God is displeased, and God is going to do something about this. But he's looking around now, verse 16, and he saw that there was no man, and wondered that there was no intercessor. Therefore, listen to this, his own arm, brought salvation for him, and his own righteousness, it sustained him. Here's the picture that's being painted here. So they've turned from evil. God now is going to rush in to their defense, and he's looking around. Is there any man that will stand in the gap, as Ezekiel would write? Is there an intercessor? Is there any man that will stand in the gap and intercede and pray and lead them back to righteousness? And sadly, he looked and he did not find even one. So what's he going to do? He'll do it himself. His own arm. Absent just one man to lead Israel back to the Lord, The Lord's response, in His grace and mercy, because that's who God is and that's how God is, uh, He'll do it. He has to. He can't not. I know that's not proper sentence structure, but He can't not. He will do it for them and instead of them. And verse 17 is going to be a much needed reminder of a very well-known passage in Ephesians 6 concerning the whole armor of God. For he put on righteousness as a breastplate and a helmet of salvation on his head, put on the garments of vengeance for clothing, and was clad with zeal as a cloak. This is God we're talking about. According to their deeds, verse 18, 
Accordingly, he will repay fury to his adversaries, recompense to his enemies. The coastlands he will fully repay. Uh oh. Do you ever go from being angry at your enemy to feeling sorry for your enemy? Well, this is <laughs> a textbook case here because God's saying, wait, is there anyone that's going to intercede, stand in the gap and do this on their behalf? If not, I'll do it myself. And if I get in there and do it, look out, I'm going to get her done. (laughs) And this is what I'm going to do. Verse 19, and here's why I'm going to do it. So shall they fear the name of the Lord from the west and His glory from the rising of the sun. When the enemy comes in like a flood, and the enemy comes in like a flood, the Spirit of the Lord will lift up a standard against him. Yes, God. You mean to tell me that God's going to put on the armor? Yeah, that's what he just got done saying. He's going to fight this battle against the enemy for us and instead of us? Yeah, that's what he just said. Ooh, can I watch? Yeah, that's fine. Stand over here. Behold the salvation of the Lord. Watch me now. Verse 20, the Redeemer, this is Jesus, will come to Zion. This is a prophecy yet future about the Savior of the world. And to those who turn from transgression in Jacob, says the Lord. As for me, verse 21, says the Lord, this is my covenant with them. My covenant with them. Again, hang on to that. My spirit who is upon you and my words which I have put in your mouth shall not depart from your mouth, nor from the mouth of your descendants, nor from the mouth of your descendants' descendants, says the Lord, from this time and forevermore. Wow, what a way to end a chapter and with it the Bible study, but before I do, I think I'd be grossly remiss if I didn't just comment on this one truth, again, one that's easily missed perhaps at first read, concerning how it is that God is the one who makes the covenant with us. We don't make a covenant with God. Why is that important? Because we can't break a covenant we don't make. Let me say that again. We can't break a covenant we didn't make. And see, God knows that we would break a covenant that we would make, which is why it is, by the way, that when it came time to cut covenant, which is where we get the modern day expression for, hey, let's cut a deal, that comes from the book of Genesis. When God is going to make a covenant with Abraham. So this is what they would do. The two parties entering into this covenant Here's what they would do. Very, They would take animals and they would cut them up (laughs) and kill them and take all of these parts of the animal with (laughs) all of the blood 
and they would spread out these cut up animals and all of the blood from these cut up animals. And then both parties to this covenant would walk amongst the cut up animals with all of that blood. And they would agree that if they break the covenant, what was done to these animals will be done to me. That's called a deterrent. Are we okay with that? I don't think there would be a lot of corporate attorneys in that day, because there wouldn't be any case. It would just be, you broke the covenant, (laughs) that's it, you're, okay, anyway, you get the point. So, okay, so God says to Abraham, go ahead and cut the animals, we're going to cut covenant. So Abraham cuts up the animals, and he's waiting to walk amongst the animals that are all cut up with all of the blood, to cut covenant with God. And so God, before he shows up, he puts Abraham into a deep sleep. And he walks through the animals, and he cuts covenant. And then Abraham wakes up, and he's like, oh, what what happened? Okay, I, I have made a covenant with you. Yeah, but what about me? No, you're not going to make a covenant with me. You could, you wouldn't keep it anyway. I, I don't want to be party to your disobedience. So you don't have a covenant with me. I have a covenant with you. Here's why I wanted to comment on this. We don't make vows to God and promises to God and deals with God and agreements to God with God and, and commitments to God because we're not going to be able to keep them. And God knows that. But conversely, God has made a covenant with us, the new covenant in His blood, by the way. He has cut covenant with us, and it will never be broken forevermore, from this time and forevermore. So we read in the Old Testament concerning the Jew. God has an everlasting covenant with the Jew. You know what that means? (laughs) Again, I know, you, you guys should know how profound I am by now, right? (laughs) An everlasting covenant is a covenant that lasts forever, everlasting. It's an everlasting covenant. That means that God is not through with the Jew. And truth be known, we don't want him to be through with the Jew. And that's an Arab telling you that, by the way. Because if he's through with the Jew, and he has a covenant with the Jew, and so too does he have a covenant with me and you too, and he's through with the Jew, how secure are you? Because he has a covenant with you too. Is he through with you now? You know, he, you don't want him to be through with the Jew, because if he's through with the Jew, and he had a covenant with the Jew, then you're... You're through too, because he has a covenant with you. I know that's a weird way to say it, but you'll never forget it. (laughs) God has a covenant with us. He has made a covenant with us. And for our descendants, descendants from this time and forevermore. Everlasting, never-ending, 
There's, it's, he, can I just say it like this? You'll forgive my crass way of, of saying it, but it's a done deal. It is finished, signed, sealed, and delivered. That's it. That's a covenant with us. Okay, one last thing. I didn't say one last thing yet, so I got one last thing. And please hear my heart on this. I don't mean any disrespect. I, you know, God is able and has used many movements over the years. But I'm sure many of you remember the Promise Keepers movement, a men's ministry. Again, many men came to Christ. I praise God for that. But here we are all these years later, and this, I think it was seven promises of a promise keeper. I actually, I never went to any of them. I had friends that went to them. You know, again, praise the Lord. Um, but I read those promises, and I, I'm looking, and I have to be very open with you and say to you that when I read those seven promises, I'm like, I can't promise that. I mean, I can't keep Ten Commandments. How am I going to keep seven promises? I looked at every single one of those, and by the time I actually got through number seven, I'd already broken the first six. (laughs) God knows that. He's made a promise to us. He's made a covenant with us. We cannot break a promise we don't make. We cannot break a covenant we don't make. We do not have a covenant with God. God has a covenant with us. That's a game changer. That should change everything. And it does. Oh, the pressure's off. Because every time I mess up and break the covenant, which is like, and I know you're more spiritual than me. That's fine. Maybe for you it's not as often, but it's every... Well, what time is it now? Time to close, but <laughs> probably every hour of every day. And so do you too, actually. So don't, don't be spiritual and everything. And it doesn't matter, because the covenant is not predicated on me keeping it. He made the covenant, and it's an everlasting covenant. It's the new covenant in His blood. He cut covenant. He cut covenant in His blood. Who knew, right? Well, God knew, but just obscure and tucked into this book, this one chapter, and just so much there about how God loves us and wants to spare us of needless suffering because of our sin. Let's pray. Father in heaven, thank you so much. Lord, we're, we're just in awe of you. Just in awe. Just, you are awesome, God. You are awesome. And we're going to sing and lift up our praises before the throne. Can't wait. Worthy, worthy, worthy is the Lamb that was slain. Lord, you are worthy. You alone are worthy. Lord, thank you for this chapter. Now, You, as only you can, need to take it from here by the Holy Spirit. Don't let us leave it here and just go home and go about our 
day and the rest of the week and the weekend. Lord, I pray that this will have the needed impact on our lives as we take heed to your word, we pray in Jesus' name. Amen. You've been listening to another edition of In Spirit and Truth. Thanks for tuning in to study the Word of God. As you continue to learn from Isaiah with Pastor J.D., make sure to really think about what you're hearing and what God wants to speak to you today through Scripture. We encourage you to keep reading on your own. If you're not already part of a local church that you call home, we encourage you to find one and attend regularly to grow in relationship with God and others. And if you're in or near the Kaneohe area, come visit us. You'll find all the information you need, including service times and directions to Calvary Chapel Kaneohe on our website, calvarychapelkaneohe.com. While you're there, you can also access more of Pastor J.D.'s teachings like you heard today, including his weekly prophecy updates. In addition to that, you may be interested in the ABCs of Salvation under the Resources tab. This is a simple guide to sharing the good news of salvation in Jesus. As we continue to learn from the book of Isaiah together, we'd be honored to pray for you during this study. Would you let us know what those prayer requests might be? Just fill out the contact form under the About tab at calvarychapelkaneohe.com or come find us on social media. There's a link to our Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook pages on our website. We encourage you to follow them so you can stay up to date with all that's happening at Calvary Chapel Kaneohe and In Spirit and Truth. That's all we have time for today, but thanks for listening to In Spirit and Truth. Keeping me right with the old wind.